Welcome to the Tokenomics DAO podcast. Um, we're recording this episode uh, with Javi. This is our first guest on the on the podcast. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes. So maybe could you like give us a quick intro on uh, what you who you are, why you started this, and and then and then maybe walk us through like Valorize. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm Javier Gonzalez. I Originally, I studied as an architect, and I was practicing that for a while. But I was always really interested in this. In within architecture, I was I was interested in urban design and sort of community building, and uh, well, like community planning and neighborhood redevelopment and th- things like that, right? Um, and also, uh, I was very interested in uh, in the software that we were using to design buildings and to design like neighborhoods and cities. So. Um, my interest led me to learn programming uh, to interact with that software better. And there was, there's this kind of movement right now of, of using computational ideas in the design of buildings. So like generative buildings and stuff like that. So I got, I got kind of sucked into that a little bit and that's how I learned programming. And then eventually my time, my free time was heavily skewing towards programming instead of, instead of architecture. And then when I, I got, I was living in Guatemala at the time and I got laid off from my work and I was, uh, I was spending a lot of time programming. And then, um, to the point where I, I decided to kind of give it a shot as, a as my full-time thing. And, um, and I was, I was able to connect through like a friend of a friend to get me, uh, to get me a position with like a testing automation framework, um, and building that out, uh, you know, like a, automating all the all the parts of the of the back end to make sure that it doesn't fall apart and, and I did that for a while um all, all this time I had already been introduced to cryptocurrency actually I've been I've been into crypto since since uh around 2014 the 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 right after the pump of when it went from like one dollar to like a thousand dollars bitcoin Ethereum wasn't yeah. even a thing. So yeah. this whole time I thought I was always, I, I always had this, had this idea that I was gonna sort of reconnect the what I was studying to be, which was architecture and, and cryptocurrencies, because I saw a lot of potential for for reframing how we do a lot of things, you know, uh, how you know real estate gets built and and architects are kind of more more of these like service providers as opposed to people that have real ownership in the things that they end up making, you know, they're kind of just like, a, they're not a necessity and they don't put a lot of skin in the game and into the price. So I, I always had a lot of ideas of how I would connect that to cryptocurrency. But then as I got more and more into programming and then I got this opportunity to, to, to work as a, as a developer, then I started, I started tinkering with programming on a, on a new level or tinkering with cryptocurrencies on a new level, just like programming them. And by that time, um, this was like 2017, 2018. Um, Ethereum was much more mature than when I first ran into it. Like when I first heard about it, it was uh, like, you, you know, Solidity didn't even exist. The programming language didn't exist. Yeah, so yeah. so it, it matured eventually. And, and by the time I got into it, it was a little more, more palatable. And I've been, I've been doing software development and crypto development. And this is what I've been doing sort of full time for um, a little over a year. Yeah. That's super cool. Like, you know, I, I was like the people that are like self-taught on this because they're the most passionate because they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're like really following this like curiosity and, and passion to, to, to get into something. So that's, yeah, 
those are probably like the best developers, you know, I, I learned it back then and I was never really passionate about development. So and I oh, quickly yeah. found out that I'm not that good. So <laughs> I kind of stopped it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It's, it's like, it, it becomes, if, I guess my temperament, it becomes obsessive over like solving some of these problems. So if I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I have a good <laughs> mind for a developer because if I have a problem, I'm like, I'm just, it, it consumes me, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's just development is the art of like making problems for yourself to solve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, there's this meme. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So then I started working on this project. This was when uh, on Valorize, right, which is what I've been working on yeah. um, lately, which was, um, yeah, it was I was noticing, you know, I it kind of I kind of realized that, you know, every I do believe that everything is going to have its like a token, a token, like the tokens are kind of the basic unit of the web three. Right. So, so where you had websites in web two or like uh, social media profiles, you could say or like whatever, like everyone has their own, their own web page, you know, has, has someplace in the way in, in the web where it represents them. I think tokens are going to have a similar yeah. role in, in this new web that we're making. And so I was, I started getting into how to design them. I started reading a lot on, on tokenomics and, and just became like this really fascinating subject of how you, how you create incentives in the system that will, that will create certain outcomes based on the incentives, but you're not designing like the outcomes, right? Like you're not creating a piece of furniture that you plan it. And then this is what it's going to look like in the end. And, you know, you, you craft it, you're, you're creating a kind of a, the initial conditions for a complex adaptive system to evolve into this greater thing. And I found that so fascinating. You don't know what's going to happen, right? It's kind of like, you're you're like building this like uh, DNA and then you don't know (laughs) what's going to evolve or what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 And that really attracted me. And that sort of, that had a lot of similarities with how you, when we were doing uh, urban planning and neighborhood planning in, in urban design, right? You're, you know, yeah. you create a zone for business and you, you choose that based on, based on some inputs, right? Like flow of traffic and, and, you know, you, you create it to, to encourage individuals to feel a certain way when they're there, that will be more likely for, to lead to certain outcomes that will eventually build up into like a, a vibrant neighborhood, right? Like you, you try to create yeah. the initial conditions with the right incentives so that the outcome, you know, 10 years in the future is, is similar to what you had in mind and you can never yeah, quite yeah. like, it's not really yours to, to do, but you, you're kind of creating the skeleton for it to develop. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. But you don't that's know, all. right. That's, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, like that's and yeah, so I, so I made this platform and I wanted to, I wanted to explore that. And um, this was when, you know, everyone, and I guess this, we're still in this moment, right. Where everyone is trying to, is the the word DAO sort of all of a sudden became kind of popular you know nfts were, were becoming really popular and then there were sort of a lot of projects a lot of DeFi projects became DAO. so so we decided to and this is you know friends with benefits was coming out and uh and bankless and, all, and yeah. all these social DAOs too so so we made this platform that would allow anyone to to make their own token right and specifically their governance token there was there was other platforms to make to make token but as far as you know, and, and yeah, and you can you can get away, but I wanted to focus on on tokens that are that are designed for governance, that are designed for creating some of these incentives um, that we're just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, you kind of 
the, the, the target audience would be like a group of people that want to start a DAO and mm-hmm. they want to launch their, their DAO token in a way. Right. So that they can like govern the whole thing. Um, and so then well, at least that's what I found out on the website, kind of like you have like a whole bunch of different templates, um, that, that, that you give, or at least you're working on some, right. It's, it's, it's kind of early, but, um, you have these templates that then can be used to spin this up into various different directions. And I really like that idea because obviously that's something we uh, try to do at the tokenomics style is kind of find out what different models can be used within different communities, right? So I, I just wrote like this article on uh, Bankless DAO. I did this like tokenomics 101 article and th- that kind of goes into how they work, how they've designed their governance token. And, and that could be a certain template, but friends with benefits, they have a different template or tokenomics style might have a different one. So how do the, how, how are you thinking about like prioritizing and working with these like different token or governance model templates? Yeah. So, I mean, what we saw is that the variation out in the wild wasn't that crazy, right? Like, especially for these social DAOs and, you know, ENS and Friends with Benefit and Bankless, they have a very similar model, right? It's like, yeah. it's, um, and I don't know, I don't know, like the differences off the top of my head, but for example, ENS, you know, you have a, you have an initial supply and inflation rate over time and like the, the tool to, to airdrop the token, the airdrop mechanism is built into the token itself. Um, and that's, that's kind of it. Like it has another thing like ENS, for example, has like delegated voting built into the contract. It doesn't have to be built into the contract the same way that the airdrop doesn't have to be built into the contract. Um, so we, we just kind of took the template, um, from that and like parameterized it. So it's basically, you know, the, the, one of the first um, tokens that we made and that is that is working now is you know you have you set your initial supply you set you set the all the sort of administer ad, administrative roles you have like the, the the kind of the roles functionality built into the contract um, then you set an initial supply a supply that you want to airdrop mm-hmm. and um, and then you said like a to- like it, and you decide if you want to mint more tokens in the future and at what rate do you want to mint them basically how many tokens do you want to mint every every x amount of time yeah so and, that that's like the, the i guess like the first template that you have and mm-hmm. then yeah so so somebody can come into the platform they choose the template they configure that and then they can choose a different ecosystem like could they choose like to to launch this like on um, Ethereum or Polygon or what other chains do you support? Yeah, um, yeah, mostly Ethereum and Polygon. We've like been dealing because with because that's what you do your smart contracts in. Yeah, yeah, yeah EVM yeah. compatible. The nice yeah. thing about it is that our application is actually, you know, we're a tool for for putting things on on chain, you yeah. know, and we we check it and stuff like that. So it's actually not incredibly difficult to add a new chain you just have to you just have to basically point it to a new rpc provider but you know as we're building as long as it's EVM compatible yeah yeah exactly um and so as long as we and at its current state we're pretty lean with our on-chain operations it was kind of easy to to move to a bunch of different chains and we're we're building it with the idea that you know you'll choose which chain to point to and then we'll facilitate to do that but Yeah. yeah evm is a very I mean, it's a nice system because all these chains choose to adopt it because then I can just point my contract there and, you know, oh, yeah, the same yeah. 
like, like deploy away. stuff on Avalanche or others mm -hmm. that have EVM compatibility. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then like, once that's done, what's, what's kind of the thinking on how adjustable that is like configurable that is like, if you say we'd want to do something with that token, do you have any tooling that, that supports kind of like the, how do you call it? Like the after launch support or something? Um, yeah, so the way that we built the tool, it allows you to to continuously give airdrops in your mm -hmm. in your token, and that's nice because you in the token contract that you get from us, right? Like this is web, it's web three, right? So you actually own the contract. You have the you are the administrator that can that can pull the levers, right? Like I have no control. I can't go in the back and and just activate yeah. something because because it's kind of up to you. Um, and so you have the ability to give like an, a sort of endless amount of airdrops, you know, um, some of these con token contracts tend to only have one airdrop for some reason, yeah, um, yeah. like the initial distribution, whereas, you know, we just extended that to N airdrops and, um, and then, yeah, like little tools to manage tools to add administrators and, and remove mm -hmm. them and, and sort of look at the supply and, and, yeah, I mean, there's there's a small dashboard that we do plan on on improving as time goes by. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll just bring this in right now because yesterday we had, or we've been having this idea for for a time, and I've I've also seen this like in another ecosystem. They did it with a database, but I think like what a lot of um, communities have that are just launching, or especially for us, you know, we um, we said that we don't want to rush our tokenomics. And launching our token so we want to take our time with like defining that and thinking that through like maybe build the community and what we want to build first and and, and mm -hmm. see how we want to create value and then um put the token on the back of that like uh, just it just made more sense to us but a problem that arises from that is that you don't really have a mechanism to to reward people so currently in in tokenomics DAO, okay, we've got a lot of people that are contributing but they don't get anything for it they're just like anticipating something in the future maybe and right. and, and the way I kind of keep track of that is like, I've got the spreadsheet and I put discord names into it. Like from, if somebody did, did something right, but that's not really web three. Um, yeah, yeah. so I, I was thinking, and I, I sent you this idea yesterday. And, um, so I just wanted to briefly bring it up. Like, did you have any ideas or on how, how you could do this, like a dummy token that you could maybe distribute and, um, you could just like it's this like super basic thing you'll just mint a hundred thousand tokens and then one address can distribute them by a tipping maybe in discord and uh, that way you can kind of get people rewarded before you actually have your real token um i don't know if others would really use it but just wanted to hear your thoughts on that um yeah no i think that's, a, that's actually a good idea and this is i mean this is the progression that other that I've seen other people take, right? Where like the initial, you know, you get the token out there and you build up something nice. And I forget, I forget, someone was sharing this uh, case study of someone that did that, that used one of these token launchers to create their initial token. They got mm -hmm. traction, then eventually, you know, they moved to their to their version two, right? And like the this mechanism of of like burning a token. Um, to mint the the upgraded version of a token is kind of like a well well trotted path for for improving yeah. the the kind of the underlying asset right and so so yeah i mean it gives you a few benefits to to start tracking things on chain first of all it like it accelerates the learning right cuz you know you're you're 
already sort of testing this tipping and this culture and how, how that's being distributed um, yeah. inside your organization right away. Um, so that's, yeah, that's much better. And, and as you, as you plan to decentralize and, and, and this more roadmap to progressive decentralization, then yeah, stop not being kind of the one that is keeping track of everything on a spreadsheet and, and relying, the people are relying on, on you to do that. And even if it's like a publicly auditable spreadsheet, yeah, it's, uh, it gets hairy, but you know, the fun, the, the truth is that you're going to rely on some sort of, um, some sort of mechanism for distributing these tokens, no matter what. So you can't really get away from someone evaluating the value of a contribution. In that's true. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So there is, there going to be that element. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's the, something the, we can get to later, but yeah, I think that's a really interesting topic. Like how do you value, uh, value at contributions? Yeah. Yeah. And then the one thing that you will have to have to deal with is, um, is the confusion that it might cost to have like an upgraded token, which, you see out in the wild and people, you know, if you have one token and are you going to, are you going to, is that token going to remain having voting power in the future? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and how that transition is, or do you put like a date where it deprecates and you could actually build that into the contract where it's like, basically it freezes after this year and maybe yeah, like you can't all do anything you can... with it. Yeah. 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 This is so cool. Like there, I think there's so many things that this could that you like with this like tooling could provide, right? Like that you could sort of like um, build out in the years to come. So what else is like on the roadmap that you're thinking through? Um, maybe like different governance token models or other tools. What, what have you got there in this area? Yeah, so we're actually, I mean, at, the, at its current state, we're, we have so many ideas, right? Like mm. dashboards and, and improved models and, and whatever. I mean, but, but it, and in realistic sense, we're looking to, to let sort of community tell us what is going to be the most valuable thing that we can build. Yeah. So, we're, so we're being sort of cautiously, um, yeah, uh, sort of conservative on building too much of the, of the thing or, or like pointing like what is going to be the future of the organization. We have a lot of tools. We have a lot of tools and resources to actually build stuff out, but we haven't sort of committed to what is going to be the roadmap as it is right now. Um, one thing that is, I mean, at, at its current status, um, currently you have to talk to us to actually, so we're live, we're in beta, um, but you have to talk to us to actually go through the process of launching a token. And that's been that's been incredibly useful. It's also been incredibly time consuming. And I'm sure it's no surprise to you that it's not the lack of tools to create a token that people don't have the lack of tools to create a token. People have the lack of expertise to make exactly. the decisions of what yeah. the token should be, right? So in reality, we're, we're actually doing a lot of sort of consulting um, with, our, with our customers. And, but the idea is to, is to basically make it, um, you know, this kind of, this really gentle experience that allows you to make these decisions by yourself, you know, in, in this kind of automated way where, you know, you, 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 focus on one question at a time and you have all the resources to answer that question yourself without having to talk to someone, always having the option of talking to someone because we do have a really nice community of contributors that are helping and yeah. that are really knowledgeable. But yeah, like have the ability and, and the confidence that you've made all the decisions for your for what you're trying to do correctly, right? And, um, and that's a hard thing to balance, not overwhelm people with information and- Oh yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and this decision. Um, 
as I'd say, like going into the future, I would definitely like to see more. There's two things that I that I'm really excited with Valorize to happen. One is is to increase the rate of experimentation that we have with at least even with these parameters, like yeah. we've talked about, and I'm sure we'll get into like this rate of issuance and how people tend to give like a two percent inflation rate, and I and I do it in air quotes because it's not inflation, right? It's it's the increase in supply, not yeah. not the increase in the in the Emission. price of yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that is. You know, I think there's a lot of room to play, and even with just playing with the with the rate of increase in supply, I think you can create really interesting sort of incentives for contributors. And so, I would like to see a lot more experimentation in people using these tools. And then, I would love to sort of to come up with better sort of base templates. Like I said, the first templates that we that we grabbed were kind of doing a survey of what was out there already and making making an accessible version for people that want to launch their own token. Now, the next the next uh, version, which I would like to see from, from us is taking the learnings that we've had from the communities that have built a token through us and then and make it, you know, improve it and, yeah, and sort yeah. of lead towards a, a standard for governance tokens. Like, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so like... Um... Two things, like, or, or start with this one first, maybe like you, you're talking about the community, like how does the whole community thing work? I know you're kind of a DAO as well, or at least you're you're working towards that. Um, what are your plans on that? And how would, um, say like the community decide on new features? So if I wanted to go through with this like dummy token idea, how can I, how can I influence that? Where do I buy tokens and then vote for it? Or like put up a proposal? Like what, what are your... What's your current setup and structure there? Yeah, currently we're also pre-token. The reason we're doing that, um, I mean, we have all the tools to launch a token. It's funny that we're yeah. <laughs> pre-token right now. I mean, we're yeah, but we're a bit, we're a bit early. We're waiting a little bit um, because we're gonna actually do an an NFT project that is gonna that is gonna um, allow allow us to build a community. And we're working with some really interesting people that are very experienced in the NFT space and. And that's a really exciting exercise in community building because you create like this whole, you know, we have some really talented storytellers and stuff like, and people like that. So we're going to go with like this, you know, we're going to basically shape the the culture or like the the future, what, what we stand for and hoping to attract a lot of talent and some capital there that we're going to reward with kind of like the seed funding for us is going to, is yeah. going to hopefully come from this. So we'll see how that, how that actually goes. It's um, it's interesting, right? Like uh, in the NFT the NFT world, usually it's like you you first start with a project, you come up with like uh, several like figures of, of ether, you know, like a quite significant amount of ether, and then you decide yeah. what you're gonna do later, you know. And it's kind of like it is a seed funding for this community in some sense. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to see if we can if we can tap into that and be you know and sort of reward the people that give us that seed funding with at least with governance power and yeah and see how we can do that as kind of like crowdfunding yeah, yeah. right so we're waiting we're waiting until that's finalized to release our token um and mm -hmm. we've made that decision collectively so yeah so right now right now it's basically um i like how you put it in in tokenomics DAO, um which is this proof of work um you know it's it's like a it's a sort of 
it's a meritocracy at its current state. It's like people come in, everyone's welcome to come in and contribute. And if you have ideas, you know, where we'll help you shape it to the community. And it's, and it's, you know, we have a, we have a large community of like, let's say, I mean, in the discord, I don't know how many hundreds of people there are, but in reality, the active people is, is, you know, like a dozen people that are, yeah. that are doing it with different levels of involvement. And so it's, it's quite easy. Like if you have some ideas and you want to talk, talk through them to, to just be, yeah. Like the, the path to getting hurt in this community, is, it's not cumbersome and it doesn't, I don't feel like at its current state, it, there is no sort of need for, for this extremely formal process. I mean, we do have that and we have, you know, push for proposals that way. And it's really mm -hmm. just people that have people that have contributed, have one vote at its current yeah. state. We definitely yeah. want to move towards a more um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, on chain process that executes automatically and, and does things like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and that's certainly like, because you're early, right? Because it's just very mm -hmm. young. Um, so that people can still come in and say like, Hey, I, I, I'd like to do this. And then there's people that hang around and that like, uh, are keen to work on that and, and do that. So maybe I'll, I'll launch that proposal then, um, in the community and see how that goes. I'll try that after the podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> so on the, on the topic of experimentation, that's something like I'm super keen on, unlike, uh, you know, and I haven't really thought this through, but I just thought like, maybe you, you had some ideas on it. Because usually when you launch a token, it's often like pretty, pretty set, right? So it's out there and there's not too many things you can do, right? You, you maybe have a little bit of emission that you can deal with. You, you can burn buybacks, stuff like that. Um, but you can't really change the fundamentals of it. And since right. you said like experimentation, do you have any thoughts on that? Because it would be cool if you could sort of like take the token and replace it for a completely different model but that's a really hard thing to pull off if you have like, if it's like out in the wild and distributed, right? So how could you do this experimentation? Yeah, I mean, that that is the question, right? And like, yeah, I mean, in a technical level, you can just create a, a proxy contract. That's not how we designed our, our um, tokens, right? We designed it like with basically you would have to, it would have to be a consensus a consensus from token holders to decide to move to a new contract. That would be the only way to sort of upgrade the underlying mechanics if you want to, if you yeah. want to really change it. So, so, I mean, it's similar to, I guess a hard fork would be a, would be a similar thing or like choosing a new client, like miners would have to decide to go to this new client. It would be people would have to decide to upgrade their token to the new version. And, yeah. And yeah, like you, you basically, I mean, the thing with like full self-sovereignty of, of the underlying assets is that you can't force people to do things. Um, yeah. And so even though it's like, quote unquote, your token, which it's not, yeah. right? It's actually the community's token. Whoever exactly. owns it is like, is a guaranteed owner based on the design of the system. So it is yeah. tough, yeah. Um, people, like sometimes we talk about software development in the web two world as in this break, move fast, break things model. And in the web three world is more like, this hardware model of like, okay, let's make sure we get this right at first. And yeah, because once we do doing a recall is like a whole process, right? So yeah, we yeah. can't afford to do that kind yeah. of thing. But we but do have, have to be like an incentive, you know, like to, to move to the next uh, iteration of the token model, something like, you know, um, if you swap 
your tokens and, and burn your tokens for the new one in the first couple of weeks or so, then you, you get like a, a bonus when you do it and you move to the new token model that you may have. I don't know. Like, I don't think a lot of communities have tried this in general. Yeah. Or presumably, right. Like the new model is, is significantly better. Right. And the, and it's a matter of, of explaining to the people. The, the hard part is that, you know, it quickly gets away from you, especially if it gets any kind of market traction, right. And if it starts being traded and starts being speculated on, then, then it's really hard to, to even know who's an owner of, of the token and and they might yeah, not even be yeah. wary of like the official channels of communication. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They might not be sticking around on Discord all day. So for and, example, uh, Storage yeah. Coin, um, they and uh I think Golem token, which is like they were they were really cool back yeah. in the day, like 2017 bull run was like the ones that people were talking about. And and they're not so much governance tokens, they're more of like the protocol to- token to pay for to pay for using their protocol um yeah utility but i yeah. think they both went through a process of upgrading the contract and they just basically left it's like you know one one storage coin will will grant you one new version of storage coin in perpetuity so yeah. there is absolutely no rush to do it like you can always you know move to this new model yeah and if you for example if if the dow moves to this new to this new governance system where only the new token is going to be the one that gives governance decisions, then, you know, people, people can upgrade and that's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. There has to be something at the end that is, 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 is better for the user or for the holder of the token that makes yeah. it worth move, moving on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, I guess like one thing, you know, when we, when we had a quick chat to discuss, this uh, this podcast, you sent me this document, and um, it was like on token governance voting, and it was like super interesting for me because I read through it, and then when when I got to the end of the document, I was like, hey, I just came up with the same idea, and I <laughs> I had written an article that's now published about the same thing, kind of like about this or a very similar idea, right? It's, it's around like this proof of work that we have or that we are thinking about, right? So that you have like in our community, what we try to have is that we produce content and that that content then becomes kind of the center of gravity for new people to come in, but also for like client requests that that then, um, yeah, generate revenue for us via consulting. And um, that will then feed again the community knowledge and that can then feed it back into content again. So you have like this, this circular or this flywheel thing where um, that all enforces. And, and we were thinking about like, how do we make sure that people don't just go to consulting, but also uh, work on content, like producing more content, because that's actually going to bring us in more consulting gigs. But if people only focus on consulting where the revenue is, it's not going to, it's not going to really help. So I kind of thought like, why don't we create um, this, this like token proof of work token that you get for creating a piece of content. So you get this token and it could be like an indefinite supply of it, but you somehow would have to measure how, um, yeah, how you would distribute it to to people. Let's say someone creates an article, they get a certain amount of tokens. Somebody um, does a nice podcast, he gets a certain amount of tokens. And um, these tokens would then pay a piece of the revenue that we get from uh, consulting, right? So that would make it worth holding that token. And um, these tokens could also, in a way, like 
give people um, governance rights, so like give them voting power, because we want the people to to be voting that are actually active. We don't want the people to be voting or like to to be in there that like don't do anything or have no involvement. But the people that are actually like right in the middle of the machine, they should be the ones. And I thought that was a cool idea, and you thought that was that was a cool idea too. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah, that was that was kind of really interesting. Um, so what were your thoughts behind that? Right. Um, I mean, the, the idea really came when people were asking me like what, you know, I, I built the initial parameters and of, of the, of the Valorize token, which was taken like inspired by ENS and, and Bankless and stuff where they had a 2% issuance rate. And that was, that was sort of on chain determined by, um, yeah, it was like governed on chain. There's like, there's 2% issuance rate is is true because the in the blockchain that's how it works right like in the contract that's that's the code and so people were asking me like what well what should be the issuance rate and i you know i i realized that two percent doesn't make any sense right it's like wait i'm sure that the reason that they chose two percent was only because that's the inflation rate that the federal reserve has for the for the consumer price in there. Like they don't want prices to inflate over 2%. I'm pretty sure that's where they came with, up with that number, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, this isn't money. And so so I was struggling to find like a really good, um, a good reason to do it. And what I, what I, the only thing that I had that, that made sense is, you know, people were like, oh, you know, when I was, when I was thinking through it, I was saying, well, the thing, if you go too high is like that you'll devalue early people, right? That, that have the token. And the reason that that would make sense would be like, if you want to kind of keep governance power, um, you know, it, like you might want to dilute early people that have yeah. the token or someone that acquires a, a big portion of the token. Uh, and the more that I kept thinking about it, it's like, wait, why, why aren't we thinking about like yes, diluting, yeah. you know, people and, you know, in, in Vitalik's article, the name of the article that I wrote is back to token voting governance. Yeah. And, uh, and this is in response to an article that Vitalik wrote about uh, about against coin voting governance. I think was his right, and so yeah. so you know one of his biggest criticism with token voting was that you know a, a malicious takeover can happen and that someone can accumulate a big part of the token and then they can create malicious decisions and then but if you have a really high inflation rate, you can actually sort of dilute the voting power that they have over time. So it takes a lot more effort to maintain a sort of a majority stake in the token yeah. if you also as well if you have a if you have a high inflation rates so i started thinking of just, yeah like the more i started thinking about it the more i was i was wondering why no one's experimented with like a you know 100% year over year inflation token or you know or, yeah. or increase yeah. in supply like every every year the supply doubles and then and then what i started realizing is that well you could think of of each doubling period of the supply of the token as a, as a kind of having of the value of a contribution, right? So, so if someone contributes something today and then one year the supply of the token is gonna double, if they have 10% today, in next year, they're only gonna have 5% of the supply of the token. Yeah, yeah. And then next year is 2.5% of the token. And so yeah. it's, it's like the half-life of the value of a contribution. So their voting rate, rate is gonna just, it's gonna continuously go down as, uh, yeah. as more supply gets issued, unless they keep being valuable. And yeah. then like that actually just seemed like a better 
a better system, right? Like only valuable members, only actively valuable members in a community get get to decide on the outcome of the community. And if you and if you're really valuable in the beginning, then then that's great, but that value is is going to be d- diminished over time and in favor of the people that are currently providing the value. Um, and this is only this is only the case. This is this only works if you kind of put aside this idea that you want to favor um, like the unit price of the token. If you want the price of the token to remain high over time, if you want the number to go up continuously, then this is sort of antithetical to that. Well, don't do but that. If you, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to be a successful tool in helping your community coordinate, then this is actually quite a good solution, right? And um, and so now we're we're thinking through how we might reintroduce a kind of a token that that doesn't lose, you know how how do we pair this with a with a second token that doesn't lose so much of the value, which I think is similar to the to the solution that you that you were also thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like our idea wasn't to have it as um, inflationary, basically. So. I, I think it could do both, but then if it isn't as inflationary, then you wouldn't have the benefits of this dilution that you discussed, right? And I think the dilution is really something that keeps mm-hmm. keeps people on their feet, like just contributing, right? Because they know that if they don't, next year, they'll have like less access to voting power. But what I also thought about was like these like rewards, you know, maybe you could use them to like, like, you know, you'll get into securities things and we'll have to talk about and, and discuss that. But let's say just you, you could do it and it was all fine. Let's say you had like a dividend of the revenue that your DAO makes and you could just distribute that to the entirety of the share of the token holders, right? But the tokens would just increase with every piece of value that you add to the whole thing. I.e. for us, that would be the content that would be created. So y- your piece of dividends that you would get paid every every year would would like get lower if you don't do anything but if you keep doing you could you could keep it up you could keep it keep it up there right ideally i mean that's like the the theory that i'm thinking for and like the same same as for yours i really think this would help us to keep a community engaged and um yeah that's kind of what i see as the benefits yeah 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 because in the end the unit price or whatever the unit doesn't represent anything like if, if you're prioritizing the governance you know the unit one unit only matters in relation of like what is the total number of units so if you're constantly you know inflation isn't the problem it's you know it, increasing the monetary supply in a regular system isn't isn't problematic if it's evenly distributed to everyone right then it's kind of like just random numbers on the screen, right? Like if the yeah. if the Federal Reserve today was, you know, had a hundred percent inflation, but it was giving it directly to everyone, then your money would keep going down, could 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 keep would keep increasing and buying power of money would go down, but it doesn't matter because your money is increasing, right? So it's kind of like it, you know, yeah. it's not a perfect it'll go to the people with the hard goods, right? It'll go to it will flow to where the, the stuff is that you can't print more of. And that's what you always see, right? In in this scenario, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so like there's this idea, right? The the Cantillion effect where inflation 
is is bad because it 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 gets the people in the top it it gets to the people in the top first and then it dilutes into the next layer and the next layer and the next layer and that's really the problem the people at the bottom don't get to experience the benefits of increasing of of, of shocking the system with uh with a injection of money right it's it's only the people that are closest to the to the source of of the flow of money or the creation of the money that get to the benefit by the time it gets to you and I right if yeah. we're not if we're not buying assets and and uh, and you know if if we're just regular people working pay to, paycheck to paycheck by the time yeah. inflation reaches us you know it's it's already like the the effect of it is much more negative so but if it was price, given to yeah. us yeah the price of things would would go up but by the time our salary goes up everything has gone up like way higher than the increase in our salary yeah right yeah. but if but if the money went directly to us then it wouldn't be that much of a problem right um yeah. and and i'm not advocating that as a, as a monetary policy but as a as a policy of who gets more votes in a community that actually makes sense because like what you're doing is you know your share of the total amount of votes are is what really matters yeah. and then yeah like you're saying it, it keeps people sort of incentivized to to remain active in the community and and yeah. also it makes it quite a hard process to like to to have like a majority stake to to be a malicious actor in that community and and it's really hard to maintain that unless you're you know you're having to keep putting more money in as opposed to to like what well, you know with equity and things like that where it disproportionately benefits early holders this disproportionately benefits currently active members yeah which is what you would want for governance. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing though, that I'm thinking about is like, since you're, you're like pumping out these tokens, um, you're just minting new tokens all the time. And mm-hmm. those give you governance rights. And if the price, if, if they're not designed for a high price or for an increasing price, which they're probably not, then someone could just go in, like scoop up all these tokens. Um, the question is like where, where you would find that equilibrium of like, um, so a malicious actor to buy all these tokens to gain voting power because they're so cheap. He would just keep on buying them, right? Versus him with all this buying action out competing the supply and actually driving the price up and then making it harder for him. It's like that, that's probably something that right. where I'd like to maybe see some modeling on this. Yeah. Um, not that I can do it, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to have somebody maybe go through this and, and see how, at what point, is like the right rate of inflation and, and buying power and what would it, like a malicious actor do in this in this scenario yeah no yeah it's a it's an interesting model but it's it's what a you know it makes sense in some sense but it also it also it's it's a, such a different way of thinking you know because we tend to associate this we give this uh what's the word the skeuomorphic qualities right like we tend to we tend to think of tokens as either money or or securities right like because those are the closest things that we have to associate with them but it's actually the third thing and especially if it's like a governance token um what what my goal was with that article it it was not a it's not a full-on proposal it was just kind of a you know a challenge to think of you know what would a governance like if you wanted to create a governance token from first principles, what would be the things that you'd be prioritizing? Yeah, I mean, how could yeah. you think about like a about pure governance things? token? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, purely governance token, which is what yeah. some you know what some 
uh, DAOs have, you know, been forced to to say that their token is right because you know. But none of them are. I think yeah. that's the I think that's the biggest problem, right? All of them say that their token is a governance token for uh, SEC reasons in the U.S., but they're not. Like, there's <laughs> they're actually hiding the fact, like in 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 like plain sight, right? They're hiding the fact that they're they're actually there for to make money with these tokens. Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic, but you know, it's it's almost like the SEC doesn't you know there's no law in the sec against reselling uh you know minecraft uh, money or warcraft money or whatever you know yeah oh and just as there is no there's no crime like it's not a crime if you use your airline miles to well, actually it might be i i, I don't know <laughs> don't take my word for it but yeah, you know i don't think it's illegal to grab your airline miles and sell them to someone or buy a ticket for someone the, the system might not allow it whatever but i don't think it's a crime right um yeah. and so so effectively when when people grab some of these tokens and create a liquidity pool for them in uniswap that you know they're creating a market value for these tokens but they're not you know it's yeah yeah it's as long as the kind of the the people that are issuing it and that are creating it and that is that are attached to the project kind of wash their hands of saying like, hey, you might make money with this, yeah. which is what the what the SEC wants to wants to technically, right? Like that's what supposedly they're protecting. It's like people yeah. making money, promising returns, not backing Ponzi it. schemes, yeah, or pyramid schemes and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like that's that is really the interesting part because in, in my mind I was questioned like why has nobody come up with this uh same token model or with a token model like that? And I think the reason is really that whenever you create your token, you have to sort of hide it as a governance token because otherwise you're going to get like flagged um, and, and they're going to look into this. And so people are just like worried about it. But if that problem wouldn't exist and you could just go out there and create like this dividend token without right. any regulation, then I guess there would exist a lot of these um, two token models, um, uh, I think, with, with like purely governance token, like the one you proposed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Like we, we now live in a world where an 11 year old can come up with a contract, you know, a, a smart contract and code it up in their spare time and like play, you know, play with tweak the tweak the valves and then issue like a new synthetic asset that's never existed before. And, yeah. and might be like, might have really interesting emergent properties once you put that into the wild. And like, you know, if you build a community of people that that wanted like what is the outcome of that and so we yeah the rate of experimentation the rate at which we can experiment is much higher than the sort of the framework in which we're experimenting yeah and so so yeah there's there's an interesting tension and i mean i i know why the sec is like being so conservative in what i'm gonna do but also like they are definitely stunting a lot of things and unfortunately it's sort of a uh, a worldwide um the reach is, is far enough that worldwide it's kind of an issue. You know, the, the regulars have trouble to catch up with uh, the rate of innovation that's happening, I guess. And um, I don't know what they're going to do. And um, every country is a little bit different there. So I think the, the pressure is also in a way on the United States because they know that if they don't have good regulations, then a lot of this, like this innovation 
will go to other countries, right? Especially here in yeah. like in crypto, like because it's so easy to do um, to source people from elsewhere and uh, set up shop in a different uh, jurisdiction, then you, you just do it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean at this point, right? Like at, at this rate, if the U.S. is going to be, you know, creating the of regulatory environment where you know the kind of experiments that I'm really excited about doing are going to be illegal, then I'm going to be moving to a different regulatory environment. I'm, you know, and I think they will see that with a lot of other people that are going to. Yeah not want to deal with this draconian regulation. So, and they know this too. And, you know, the U.S. is um, is a kind of, it's built on the idea that enterprise, you know, people left alone to, to build their own enterprise is the, yeah. the best outcome for society at large, right? And, yeah. and they've been re- ex- extremely successful at doing so. And, you know, there's arguments to why they're being less successful at, at it now. And and you can you can put that, but it's still sort of, the one of the best places to do business in the world um yeah. maybe singapore is better but you know it's like it's yeah it, i guess it's, it's being put to the test because some of these things do mean relinquishing some of the control that they're able to have with some things you know and yeah if what they're trying to do is really protect the end consumers which is their you know what they say they're trying to do then like that's also being put to like a real test. Like how, how much can yeah. they pretend that that's the case when really they're just, you know, making it. So exchanges and different, different things don't even want to do any business with people if they find out you're from the United States. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've and, and this may be like, you know, you should definitely check this one out. Like the Citadel, I've uh, done a piece on that, you know, they're bringing real estate on chain. Mm-hmm. And um, they've got some interesting ideas, you know, on, on where this could go, like where, how you could like get architects and developers to work together in a DAO to develop a property um, and like some really cool ideas and, and all that. And they're, they're basically bringing real estate on chain, but because of uh, securities and I don't know what the exact details are, they're unable to sell their tokens in the United States or like, U.S. citizens are not allowed to hold them or something like that. So um, that's a, it's, yeah, I think uh, that's not the only example, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. And it's supposed to be for consumer protection, you know, but like that that facade is not going to be for long. Not really, no, not really, yeah. So let's maybe like um, this, this whole like governance um, voting system, are you going to make a template out of that? Is that one thing you're you're working on? Um, yeah, I mean, at its know? current rate, it's actually like th- the cool part about it is that it's not an, an like this complex smart contracts. It's just like yeah. cranking out the the rate of inflation, so it's you know, so it's much higher than what you're like, you know, like that every year it doubles. That's actually like you can do that with our current smart contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, because yeah, the one that that how I was proposing it was was specifically based on on a period of time that like you know the value of a contribution, the half life of that would be would be each doubling period of uh, the token. So I was imagining that in the first years, you know, getting everything, you know, bootstrapping everything, getting zero to one, the value of a contribution early is worth more 
So it might be that like, it's a, only like a 25% inflation for the first four years. And then it goes to like yeah. 50% and then it goes to a hundred percent year over year. But I was yeah. thinking of it in terms of time. I think you, in, in your proposal, you were thinking of it as like a co- each contribution generates new tokens yeah. that, that people are giving out. So you are kind of, whereas my metric is on time, your metric is on, is on some external event that you're then putting yeah. into the contract. Yeah. yeah like value creation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you also talked about that in, in your piece. You also talked about like um, like contribution. How could how could you issue tokens with, with like contribution? Then you ran into this issue where like, how do you actually measure contribution? Because that's again, then like a very subjective or like centralized thing that yeah. you have, right? Yeah, and I guess at, at, at a current rate, like the best that you can do is just be transparent, right? And like, say yeah. these are the metrics for the contribution and you know i think i think the current DeFi platforms that are out right now you know like the balancers the uniswaps uh ave like the way that they have it is we have a we have a problem that we're valuing at this amount of tokens um you know yeah. can you come in and tell us if you can solve it or what is your proposal for it right and, yeah. and so yeah. it's it's this kind of contractor, this re- request for for proposals model that you know mm-hmm. is, exists in construction today and a few other industries. Um, Anywhere, yeah, software, yeah, yeah. You would have that, and maybe with that, you could determine like a, I don't know, like a universal market price for contributions. I don't know that that'd be cool if you'd have like a, I mean, in a way you don't, but like if you have like a a Uniswap where you could you could uh, like a job market Uniswap kind of thing where you could trade uh, work for um, tokens, then that would like Fiverr does like, you know, like these, these platforms do at some point, they like establish this price for creating a website or for creating this and for creating that. And if you could uh, like tap into that source, I guess, right. You could, you could value uh, contributions because if you, if you could, yeah. you can go to Fiverr and you can look like for a social media manager to uh, crank out tweets on a two-day basis or something like that mm-hmm. right and then like craft them and crank them out and, and manage responses and, and things like that and then you could you could see what the price tag is maybe they'll charge uh 50 per tweet i've got no idea if these are correct but um then you could use that as like to value your contributions because that's how we value tokens why don't we like just also value work that way like yeah. contributions in a I way, mean, the, it's, it's the, done that the, way, right? But the interesting thing, though, that work is is kind of the market value of, you know, for example, software developers right now are becoming more and more in demand in this current market, right? yeah. and their market value is kind of increasing um, yeah. significantly over time. And like the reason that that's the it's based on market dynamics. So it's a so it's kind of like a price negotiating mechanism like the market price for developers is how high developers are are able to negotiate the salary so it's always a negotiation um but yeah it would be interesting to see to put like but like a traditional market maker is the same like there's a guy that has an order order book and he has a bid and an ask and he he matches Uh the bid and ask and 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 then there's a little bit of a spread and and he takes a cut off that right and automated market makers are not exactly the same but with the pooling model that they have, um, 
it's it's a similar model. They might not be as efficient as a as a traditional market maker, mm-hmm. but in, in a way, this is exactly what's happening on Fiverr, right? There's there's a guy who says like, I'm going to develop uh, a thousand lines of code, and and this is what I'm going to charge. And then there's another guy. He's either going to undercut him or going to say like, I'm going to charge more, and that's that's how price is defined, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting model. Yeah, I, I guess it. I guess it would work. I don't see why it wouldn't. Know, just man. like put yeah. it on chain. It's just like an escrow contract that's like I value I, I value this amount of <laughs> I value this much money to create this amount of work for me, right? Like yeah. and and maybe no one does it. And then so then you put more money in until like someone someone does it and then you establish like the market rate there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like recently talking to a guy who who's trying to build an on-chain Fiverr mm-hmm. kind of product, right? Where like four DAOs, he, um, he, he kind of wants to, you know, allow DAOs to set out bounties for work and then people to like apply to these bounties and then get the like, cash in on the bounties. And I think if that were like a really big marketplace with lots of, um, yeah, like deals going through, then he could be like a, a provider of the price of the price signal. And then if he had like some APIs where he could fetch the price for a developer, a website developer or a smart contract developer for an hour, then that'd be a really cool thing that you as a DAO with your token could then kind of tap into and say like, okay, based on current market rate, this is what a collaboration, your collaboration is currently worth. So you're going to get uh, 10 tokens for that. Or not? I don't know. Maybe we're over-engineering the system, but I'm just like, I like yeah. the idea. I mean, it, it, it's it's solving the the issue that we're that is at the crux of it. That's like, how do you value the value of a contribution, right? Like, what yes. is? Yeah. How do you define? You know, the which I guess it's in traditional sense is how much return of investment. You know, if you hire a developer, you give them you know a 80k salary. And that that gives you yeah. a return of you know 120k per year, then then that that makes sense, right? And you have some margin to play with that uh, within yeah. it. And so so yeah, I, I guess it's like once the I mean the current labor markets and the current uh, startup markets are so distorted though with VCs and and. Uh, things like that. So it's hard to, it's hard to say that we're in like really like the market that developer in this current market is actually a market value, but I mean, it is the, what, what is being paid for. That's what they pay. Yeah. 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 So like, and it's in today's market, it is high, but I have a suspicion that it is maybe like a little bit higher than, than in a natural market. It would be. Yeah. 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 Anyway, what's what's maybe that's also inflated, you know, Uh um, because VCs have a lot of money at the moment and um, that might be due to inflation. So they're kind of pumping it out and therefore developers get a bit more, but we're also paying a lot for oil at the moment, which is, uh, which is due to inflation, I guess, in a lot of ways. Right. So, yeah. And other goods. Um, yeah. But that yeah. is the problem of DAOs. Right. And then there was like, um, you know, and I think it was Uniswap that, that it was like a controversial take where someone, you know, they paid like, they ended up paying like fifty thousand dollars for 
for a contribution that it was that then when it came out it was like wait we paid fifty thousand dollars for this i don't re- i don't remember the exact story but it was something like that where you know people you know and in, in the in the buzz of, of the moment where you know people were excited and you know someone put forth a proposal and like the you know it, it went through because people were just kind of like you know and they just voted on it yeah in this euphoric uh, yeah. uh, bull run. Um, and so, you know, ended up funding. So yeah, yeah. But, but in general, right? Like how you value a contribution, maybe, um, yeah, I mean, there definitely, there definitely are ways that we can use sort of, uh, you know, credibly neutral systems to create like a, like a more accurate market. I mean, you probably could use Fiverr. Fiverr had a, had an open API to say like, okay, like at its current rate, you know, a five-star developer, whatever, someone that's built a reputation with us, charges this much, and you know, people people are happy with this exchange, right? And and yeah. then we, if we could it, tap yeah. into their information, we could bring that information into our system. But they probably are close closing that off. So that's that would be the argument for creating a, a web yeah. three version of Fiverr, a yeah. smart contract that you could just you know yeah, hold yeah. the the current state of the market and use that in your, in yeah, your application. Yeah. I'll pass that on to the guy that I was talking to because I think that's a really cool idea for them. Maybe monetize yeah. that information. <laughs> so uh, cool how it's evolving, evolving. Yeah, the whole um, the whole system. So maybe let's like um, one thing I also wanted to talk about is like collaboration. You know, because you you kind of said, you know, you're building this tooling, but as part of that tooling, you're also uh, yeah, I guess like getting asked a lot about how to actually define the tokens, right? Like the, the, the smart contract side is one thing, but also like thinking through what might be the right model. And I recently mm-hmm. talked to um, a guy from an investment uh, firm and he, what, what his statement was like in the beginning, they thought that tokenomics would just be this like blueprint. Once you have it figured out, then you just copy and paste it for everyone and everybody uses the same model, but that's not how it actually turned out to be. It's more mm-hmm. like, uh, the tokens and tokenomics models, they like evolve as quickly as the software or as the protocols. That's what he said, right? And I, I tend to agree with that statement. And so like you, yeah, you kind of have these, these, these templates out there, but a lot of the, I guess the other stuff comes from actually defining and thinking through how, um, how, how people can actually find the best model that works for them, for their, for the value that they are creating for the product market fit that they have and, and all that kind of stuff, how you can define this, the right thing for that. So I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's definitely something you'll be, you'll be thinking about a lot. And so will we. So um, I was, uh, yeah, I was interesting, interested to just chat about kind of what collaborations um, Valorize and, and tokenomics that would have. What are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. Like when I, it's interesting because we want to scale in, in a more sort of, you know, in, in a SaaS type of fashion, right? Like where we want to, ideally, we would not have uh, like this consultant consulting arm, um, right? And and maybe we do, but that wouldn't be the kind of the, the main thing that we're doing. The reason for that, right, is because, you know, consulting basically is like a, it's not an exponential increase. You can't just throw more more people. Yeah. You're you're capped by the amount of people, right? Yes. Um, yeah. As opposed to with software, where you're, where 
you know, scales the, much better. Yeah. The amount of, <laughs> it's uh, it's exponential, yeah. right? Like you're, and that's why that's why software tends to get you know VC interest and stuff like that, right? Because yeah. you have this this sort of asymmetric potential uh, to do it. So we're definitely, um, from what I've from from how how the projects kind of developed up to now and and the people who have in the community this is kind of the direction that we're that we're hoping to go in um however right like most of our clients are are asking all these questions and you know like for the first couple of clients we were um, basically spending you know hours on the phone you yeah. know it was you know close to like i think at minimum we could get it to like three maybe four four phone calls you know but you know i was yeah. i was very surprised to how many questions people had and even though we yeah. you know we had the tool already to do a lot of things for them yeah um it was like the decisions that was that was stunting them so so what we basically were thinking that a solution for that would be would to have partners you know similar to to you that you are kind of a tokenomics consulting thing and it might be in some cases that like a simple a simple token would be would be enough to to satisfy the kind of the token mechanics model or like how we could develop, you know, or, or use your expertise from consulting with people to the kind of, to kind of problems that are people trying to solve with, with tokens and how we can create sort of a, a template that'll satisfy, you know, the 80, 20, the, you know, the 80% of the, of the people that are not going to need a highly customized token. I think there will yeah, always yeah. be people on the 20% um, moving the field forward and not, not basically satisfied with like a with like a cut and dry solution but you know it's kind of like the words the wordpress model where you know for i think it's 60 percent of the internet is built on wordpress or 50 or 40 whatever a, yeah, a big yeah. chunk of the internet yeah. is built on wordpress because it actually satisfies um yeah. like 80 percent of the use cases right and yeah yeah and if you need a really complex application, well, of course you're going to hire a team of developers. Then, yeah, yeah. But that's not what WordPress is made for, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I get that point. Yeah, you see yourself more as like providing the tools in the first place, but then also building out these tools uh, in a, in a way that you don't have to spend four hours with them talking them through, but you could maybe spend two. That would be your next goal, and then you'll get it down to one, and then maybe to thirty minutes. Because in the in the process, you could just like refer to a lot of content that's out there. Mm -hmm. And um, we we had a recent discussion on Ardell, and you joined it. It was about um, the NGMI score that we. It's just an idea that we have. We haven't implemented it yet, but a guy in our community he was interested in creating this evaluation framework for tokens and. We kind of discussed it because I found it interesting, and and um, he went into all these different things that um, you would do when you, as a an investor, maybe want to buy into a token, right? You'd look at the at the supply, the fully dilute evaluations. You look at how much the VCs got in comparison to what it launched at, what price it is currently at, and um, like all these different things, like how many more, what's the emission, and um, and what's the how how does it get minted you would look into all that and then we we came to the point where we then discussed kind of how how do you actually find out if a if a token is maybe a ponzi or a pyramid scheme or like a zero-sum game like one of these things and i i wrote an article about it and we did a podcast about it too um in that we kind of explored 
these 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 different things and we said like oh maybe the like calling it ponzi or pyramid or zero sum game or whatever there might be is maybe too difficult let's just call it the not gonna make it score and we'll have I love that by the way uh, we'll have a scale from like zero which is maybe that's a bit confusing but like zero is like it's certainly gonna make it um and then you have a hundred is not gonna make it and so wow. we came up with a bunch of questions and these questions um allow you then to evaluate a protocol and in the article i went through ethereum but i guess you could apply it to many others and yeah we just had a few of these questions and and you found that interesting um to to apply to maybe also your tooling that you could like reverse engineer that or like um use it the other way around to i guess like get or use these questions to then hone in on how does the value that they want to create um, actually help them to design their token? Because a lot of this NGMI right. score, a lot about the, a lot of the, the Ponzi or pyramid schemes is about what value do they actually create? So that's something you definitely have to answer and go through to find out uh, what, what you can use the token for, right? So yeah. yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, um, yeah, that, that was where my mind is at, right? Like, um. <laughs> constantly thinking of of how to apply these questions and these questions that people have had in terms of creating a token and so yeah like the joke was was um as you're building out your token in the in the interface it it giving a pop-up that says hey you're approaching yeah. a not gonna make it score you know <laughs> yeah. if you keep going this route Seems you might like not a Ponzi. Make it. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you sure be um, careful with that you need to create a lot of value to issue that many tokens. Yeah. Here's a book on ethics um, that you can check yeah. out. Um, <laughs> That'd be funny. But yeah. but yeah, yeah. I guess the direction that, like, like I was saying, the direction that we're thinking of going is just you know one question at a time, having someone kind of think through the think through that one question. Like for example, like initial supply, right? Like. It's, you know, the only thing that initial supply has to, has to do with is like, does it accurately, accurately represent the kind of the initial division of tokens, you know, like, you know, if you don't want to divide five things into, into seven pieces, you know, if, if you can't divide the sub things, but anyway, yeah. um, but things like, like, uh, issuance rate things like how often you can mint how what should be the maximum total supply the future should it be completely unlimited um so on and so forth that has a lot more implications yeah. so just dragging you on like taking you one by one and then maybe thinking yeah how we can add some some metrics for evaluating what your decision might will lead to yeah so that you know that that not going to make it score like this questionnaire that you had built up for yourself for or for tokens i, I thought was a really interesting proposal yeah 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 that, that'd be cool and then um i guess what i would find interesting then is like if you if you would apply that into your um or the contract generating mechanism um you would then take the, the feedback that basically the, the, the clients that have gone through this thing and, and, and kind of use that to kind of send it back into the, into the score, right? So that we can then see how they have chosen based on the information that they've gotten and, and also, um, yeah, see how their token has performed maybe together with the value and um, maybe connect that 
up and then that would that would give some interesting results to improve the whole thing in the long run yeah yeah that goes back to i, I would love that that goes back to the idea of like increasing the rate of experimentation um that these tokens are are being launched with and then and then yeah. using those learnings to create better yeah, yeah better foundations for the future yeah yeah that that's i think that'd be really cool the yeah, whole absolutely. experimentation thing if we can solve solve that or you kind of have like a, a virtual machine ecosystem where you can like spin up this thing and it and it like brings up all these actors which we talked to a guy on like simulation and it's like super difficult to do yeah um, but, i yeah. think I think the the experimentation will happen with small communities, you know, yeah. what happens when, you know, yeah. like, I think Constitution DAO was like an awesome experiment, right? And mm. it was like people, yeah. real money, real people, you know, just putting it together. And uh, actually, the most interesting part of Constitution DAO, I swear, was the legal channel in that Discord. It was like, how yeah. everyone, like, all the, yeah, it was like, it basically gave a really clear snapshot of like the state of regulation right now. And it's like, you know, and what we yeah. were talking about earlier, we cannot yeah. say that it's partial ownership. You know, yeah. absolutely. Like this is what's, what's allowed. This is the reason. And I was like, man, it's such a shame that we have all these tools and we could basically make it represent partial ownership of the constitution and yeah. build the tooling around it. To like, to. Yeah. yeah. But, but we can't, right. Yeah. For, yeah. But yeah, but anyway, that was an interesting experiment. And, and then there's, there's several others, you know, like the big ones, obviously, but there's a lot of small ones and small communities that are up and coming that, that are also worth trying to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's, that's really cool. I have to monitor that. Cool. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to bring up um, before we kind of like wrap it up? Um, no, I mean, I guess, I guess I can do some promotion if you're interested in, in like the, the engineering yeah. side of tokenomics. If you're interested in the theoretical side of tokenomics, I think tokenomics that I was so excited when I found it. And also, by the way, this podcast, I think is going to be, you know, I think it's quite new yet. And I don't know what the statistics are, but it was like exactly what I was looking for when I found it. I was like so excited <laughs> that I found it. And, there you and go. it's funny that was able to get in touch with you and, and set this up so um yeah like i think i think for people that are maybe more interested in the in the engineering side of tokenomics and actually making these things i would love for them to to come to valorize and have you know have these conversations and and maybe implement some of the ideas that come out of the come out of tokenomics now for what would be a good kind of basic governance token for you know the majority use case not a super highly specialized use case but for the majority and, and implement them and actually you know help them get to some level of ex experimentation in the wild so please join uh, valorize.app is the i'll link it in the show notes yeah there's a link and uh, yeah. and yeah you can you can sign up there and you can go to the discord at the bottom yeah 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 that's cool i think um yeah we'll get back to you once we launch our token because um that's definitely going to be one of the things that, uh, yeah, we'd love to use the tools for that. And um, yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on being the first, our very first interview. It was really an interesting conversation for me, at least I've, I found it super valuable, super cool. I had some really good ideas just that popped up during the conversation and uh, yeah, 
Um, appreciate it. Love to do that again at some point in the future. See yeah, how we've, uh, where we, where we've, yeah, taken this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here and uh, definitely I, I know that we'll stay in touch and we'll, uh, we'll continue. Absolutely. Yeah. Together, hopefully. Yeah.